I'm still like exhausted from the last episode with blockchain. Maybe you should have woken up earlier. Yeah. Maybe I should have never gone to yeah. bed. Owl mindset. Uh, is it owl mindset? I know. But Jay Shetty is actually an owl. <laughs> <laughs> he does lo- look like one. <laughs> I love that what he can rotate his head at 180 degrees. Um, <laughs> I actually I actually feel like cause Jay Shetty was like, oh, you know, if you want success, you've got to get up really early in the morning. I mean, because I'm in California, I have gotten up really early in the morning to do this podcast about cum and how Jay Shetty is a dipshit. So... <laughs> You're winning. In a way, yeah. <laughs> Is, isn't, isn't that the real success? <laughs> Be in a different time the zone. The real gorilla mindset. <laughs> or is it the real horseshoe theory? I can no, never it's, tell. Um, it's, it's monk mindset. Jay Shetty, former monk, current <laughs> motivational philosopher. Um, I've been I've been dropping some of his his weekly wisdom. Yeah. Nice. Um, and 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 the we, gorilla the gorilla monk set where Jay Shetty makes women get up so early in the morning that they deliriously agree to go on a date with him. I'm pretty sure I wake up earlier than all of you. Hey everyone, this is Jay Shetty and welcome back to my YouTube channel. So I wanted to talk to you about why I decided to wake up so early, what motivated me. And there's so many scientists, thinkers, CEOs who all believe in waking up early. This is how our life works. Every day, 86,400 seconds are deposited into our life account. That's accounting for 24 hours in a day. It tells us that every day we have a fresh new opportunity to invest our time wisely. Now the reason why we decide to wake up early is because then you have more time. If you're sleeping for most of that, maybe you get 50,000. Maybe you get 40,000. The point is that the more you're awake, if you've slept effectively, you have more time to develop yourself (laughs) and what you really love doing. I mean, I wake up very early in the morning and hang out outside Weatherspoons uh, with my fedora and my trousers completely down to my ankles. Uh, (laughs) Are you trying to get the new job editing spiked? Yes, yes. Um, because as yeah. Jay says in the video, but you may may or may not put into this recording. I, I promise to cut it in, much like, and nice. yeah, that means there's a 50% chance <laughs> I'll cut it in. Um, much like he says in this video, um, just ask an editor of an online magazine about, you know, mm. the value of time and how waking up early means that you can push out more content before everyone else. Um, because when I wake up and I check my phone, the first thing that I want to see is uh, our particular wealth strategies that I can do while having my trousers down to my ankles. No, of course. Like all good monks. Yes. Yeah. Adopting the spike philosophy of trousers down, shirt rolled up, rubbing vapor rub into your nipples while eating your <laughs> own shit lose. out of a bowl. <laughs> trousers down, shirt up, peeing full, can't lose. <laughs> yeah. No, Brendan O'Neill is a fan of Liverpool FC because we know he'll never pee alone. <laughs> okay, we're getting slightly off topic. The video we just watched before launching into this this cold open in media res Tarantino style, um, give us an Oscar best podcast award in the Oscars. I'm going on the red carpet. Who are you wearing? Adidas tracksuit. When did you wash it? Haven't yet. Um, we watched a video, Jay Shetty's weekly wisdom video, where he says that actually what you should do is wake up like at three or four because when he was a monk and he, um, I don't really know what that means. I guess it means that meant that he pulled his entire like long habit robe up above his nipples to go pee. 
um, that he said his his argument is what if you basically had a refilling bank account and oh my god the dollars in the bank account are actually the seconds in the day you could use them much more efficiently so wake up at four in the morning sleep is for the kind of pussies who as jay shetty reminds us get silver in the olympics i like that's that that's his example of failure like people who are like the second best in the world at a sport (laughs) like oh fuck i'm such a failure if only i'd gotten up at midnight jay shetty's just an asian uncle he's an asian you you come home with an a he'll like you know slap you across the face with a slipper because you didn't get like an A plus. Um, you know, he's the type of guy who's literally, de- who, he was literally just like my dad when I was growing up where he'd wake me up at 5.30 in the morning. Um, and when I'd ask him why, it wasn't for the truth, which was I'd really like you to kind of like, you know, work in my store in the mornings. Hold my shirt up while I pee. Uh, yeah, it's because it'll make you a stronger person. It'll make you more versatile. It'll make you, it'll, it'll make you appreciate the value of work and time. And now look at me. I'm a 26 year old guy who uh, hosts a podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, the pinnacle. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, if anyone embodies monk mindset, it's me. It is you. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing that more embodies the monk mindset than the strength required not to pee for the whole of January. Yeah, and that too. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. My, my balls are filled up so much with pee. How about yours, Milo? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my balls are the size the of weather balloons at this point. <laughs> that's, why his, that's why his neck hurts. He's like carrying so much weight <laughs> in his balls where the pee is stored. The thing that makes this Jay Shetty video, or as I call him, Jay Shetty, Whoa. Whoa. Just bear in mind that he does follow us oh, online. Hi. Jay, so, Jay hi. Shetty, come on Trash Future, but pull your shirt up above your nipples the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't pee on us. Uh, also, J- that, that weird bit when he's like, oh, ask someone who lost someone they loved how the value of a minute. I can imagine like your friend just lost their dad and you're like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what does a minute mean to you? <laughs> how much is a minute can worth you- in Bitcoin? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I can I can really imagine him like going to a funeral where like some guys like you know some guys like dads just died and he'd just be like I'm so sorry for your loss but you know now that you have all this time and reflection on your side you can really maximize what life you've got left you can you can you can buy that yeah. car you've always wanted you can start that business you've always dreamed of um, go for gold yeah because <laughs> yeah, you, you never know you never know if you're next. Um, uh, <laughs> Jay Shetty Mafia Hitman. I mean, no, like he'll play, he'll play his like theme music on his phone because I can just totally imagine that he has his own. He has his own theme music. Well, what's really pernicious about him is that he talks about like the virtues of getting up at like you know, like like eleven o'clock at night or whatever in order to like have CEO mindset. And then he says, "This is why all these people are successful because they make the best use of their time." But ask someone who's like having to take four different forms of public transit to do like five different part-time jobs, gets to sleep like 20 minutes a day. Like, oh, did they also have CEO mindset? Jay Shetty, retire, bitch. Jay Shetty has the same kind of shitty opinions as... Good, uh, good advice. As, as, as the Stormfront anime appreciation <laughs> for it. How about we, uh, we introduce the podcast and get into the rest of the content, guys? We have to. Can I we mean, get- we don't. We could leave it a mystery. Okay, well, welcome to Pod Save America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome to Trash Future, the podcast about how the future, if we don't implement fully automated luxury gay space communism, is and will be trash. I am Riley, your your host. You can find me on Twitter at Raleh, my terrible, terrible handle. It's R-A-A-L-E-H. Hi, my name is Hussein Kizvani. I am the cousin of Jay Shetty. Um, 
and uh, you can follow me at hkizvani. I sometimes do good takes, but not that often. In <laughs> fact, considerably less since I joined this show, according to someone who I know. He, she literally said, like, you've become worse since you joined Trash Future. So, <laughs> shout out to you. <laughs> Which it... Which is better? Um, yeah, and in the bowl, uh, <laughs> who's coming at us from the bowl? Yeah. From the from the dang bowl, it's uh, it's your boy Milo Edwards uh, coming at you from Los Angeles, where it's like eight eight o'clock in the morning. Following the Jay Shetty lifestyle, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Milo underscore Edwards, um, but you probably shouldn't. Did you go for Did you go for a ten ten k run? I I actually only run in units of fifty six miles. Because that is what CEOs do, and I only drink kale smoothies, raw water, and raw milk. I've already, I've already been violently sick several times this morning, and that's how you know you're doing well. <laughs> Worth it. If 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 your body yeah. is stopping you from being successful, you know. <laughs> no, it's time to shed your body. <laughs> it's time to put your consciousness yeah. on the blockchain and let yourself soar. <laughs> fucking hell, this is, that's, that's going to be a thing, isn't it? That's going to yeah. be a fucking mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? Oh my. Just, just literally people shooting themselves in the head so they can be more successful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving the mortal coil. I'm shuffling off this mortal coil and onto the highway to success. Pivot to death. <laughs> Before we pivot to death, who is our fine esteemed guest on what I assume will be this Thursday bonus episode? Oh, I like being a bonus. Uh, hi, I'm Maggie. You can follow me on um, Twitter.com. I'm Maggie Van Eyck. Uh, I wrote a book about being a bit crazy and uh, unlike Hussein, I have peed today and it was great. <laughs> I miss those days. I know. <laughs> it was great. You used to well, wake up in the morning. Just, you know. may your, like, that's, my, that's my peeing um, uh, slogan. May your shirt fly as high as the <laughs> eagles. <laughs> so you'd wake up in the morning just ready to shoot. Just like looking into the distance. It's free in the morning. CEO mindset. <laughs> just thinking about how many shares I'm going to buy today. Look at the toilet and say, "Not today." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um. I, I like the idea of uh, we we should start making motivational posters where it's like, no matter how low your pants are, your shirt will soar with the eagles. <laughs> oh my god, I've got I've got a couple of products uh, from from the Wellness Factory. Oh, nice. Because we're we're talking about uh, mindset, sanity mindset, liberal mm-hmm. insanity mindset, and Important. then a conservative black hole of mindset today. <laughs> um. We're not mm. going to talk about Mike Cernovich. This is a Mike Cernovich free cast. Nice. Because it needs to be a safe space for all of us, especially me, who's afraid of gorillas. Um, <laughs> and also who's afraid of ejaculate. Um, the first product we have today um, is the Energy Pod. Ooh. Ooh. What happens there? Any, any it's ge- a Tide any, Pod. Any, any, ge- <laughs> <laughs> any, any guesses on what the Energy Pod is? Is it like a coffin-shaped dome where you go in? You have act. You you have described what occurs. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> this is a tough one because it could just be like loads of fucking shit, can it? Oh yeah. Um, and it probably is considering. Well, it's on Maggie, the show. Des- Maggie des- has correctly described it as a coffin-shaped dome that nice. you go in. Okay. It's called an energy mm. pod. Yeah. How yes. do you get the energy? Um. Okay, Wait, so, you, so, on, so I'm just trying to get my head around a coffin-shaped dome because a dome and a coffin aren't the same shape. <laughs> okay, no, so I, so I was going to okay. say it could either be it could be a dome-shaped coffin. So in so in the in the original Star Wars trilogy in The Empire Strikes Back, there's a scene where Darth Vader. Nerd. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Go on. I watch Star Wars and don't fuck. Um, so in The Empire Strikes Back, there's a scene where Darth Vader's in his pod. 
um, yeah. which has become like a meme, which I really yeah. like. So I think it's which is Pod Save America. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it totally like Pod Save the Republic. Like as, as Emperor Palpatine sees his power, like John fucking John Favreau and Tommy Vitor would be like, "No, nah, we're here talking to Bail Organa about how he intends to uh, protest through hashtags." <laughs> yeah. So you, hey, hey, Emperor Palpatine, more like Drumpf, am I right? And then Star Wars never happened because the Death Star just blew up because of their excoriating criticism. Na Nancy Sinatra quote tweeting them going, I've always been with the hashtag rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you're in the pod. Yeah. Um, and on the screens of the pod are just kind of Jay Shetty videos playing over and over. <laughs> That's and torture. You and you come out and you feel invigorated and you realize to yourself, sleep is really bad and I'm going to be absent from it. Okay, so it's 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 a it's a thing that's either the shape of a of a coffin or a dome, or possibly both at the same time. We're not sure. You, you, and you you go in there, and the 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 air is just pure meth, and you just you breathe in the meth, and then you feel you feel so energized that nothing really matters anymore. Nice, <laughs> and you I just buy sort that. of and you just sort of asphyxi wank yourself into an early grave. Which is really all that the tech industry is. I'm, ga I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a little more info from okay. this because we're doing two products today, two rapid fire products. Ooh. Um, the world's first blank designed for blank in the workplace. The Energy Pod features a zero gravity position, privacy visor, specially composed blank music, <laughs> and a gentle blank sequence of programmed lights and vibrations. Is it is it a sort of masturbatory aid? Genuinely, does this sign sound like that? Like what? it's it's a sex robot where you have to like plug yourself in like in the Matrix. So what about the music? Like is it like Toto? Like what are they playing in it's there? Limp Biscuits rolling just over <laughs> and over. Um, on the Limp Biscuit topic, I only just realized yesterday what a Limp Biscuit is. How was I so late to the party? Uh, because the party was over by the time the girls got there. <laughs> is it is that after a game of soggy biscuit in your boarding school dorm room? So and well, actually, it's a varsity sport. Once a year, the the best uh, jizzers from both Oxford and Cambridge they meet they meet on a small boat in the middle of the Thames to try and come on a cracker first, and it's judged by Sir Matthew Pinson. Is that why? <laughs> is is that how Riley got his um got his oar? Uh, anyway, after that digression, I'm going to now read to you the uncensored description of the energy pot. Ooh. Uh, the world's first chair designed for napping in the workplace. The energy pod features a zero gravity position, privacy visor, Ow. specially composed sleep music, and a gentle wake sequence of programmed lights and vibrations. With just a 20 minute nap, your employees will emerge refreshed and focused. <laughs> My sleep music isn't just this podcast on repeat. <laughs> oh no. No, it's Limp Biscuits rolling. <laughs> I, that's like my 3 a.m. running mix when I do my CEO stuff. So. <laughs> Light, lights and vibrations literally sounds like something that would wake you up rather than help you sleep. Like how little understanding do these people have of like what are the primary conditions required for sleep? Either they that never or, sleep. Either that or your employees are so fucking sick of like looking at Excel spreadsheets that <laughs> they'll fall asleep at literally anything. Yeah. Like you could play like the stupid techno that Riley listens to. It's not stupid. It's very good. <laughs> The very good techno that Riley listens to, and you'll fall asleep. Or like, but it, it kind of it, you know this scares, this scares me a little bit because it kind of fulfills what I was thinking about yesterday, which was at some point in 2018, like either influencers or tech Silicon Valley bros are going to turn like Guantanamo Bay torture techniques into like lifestyle choices. Yes, 
So yeah. like I I, I literally stress positions more like yoga. I literally can't wait for like the Zoella like waterboarding skincare routine. Yeah, it's and called it the orange jumpsuit mindset, <laughs> and it will cost like two thousand pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyone want to drop some guesses as to how much you have to pay to get? And an energy pod. £69,000. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh. Three gallons of piss. <laughs> that could mean anything, depending on who's pissed yeah. or who's pissed. Or like. Depending on what month, if it's CEO piss. A weather, a weather balloon-sized ball full of piss. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's like 3000 USD. $14,325. Wow. Too much. <laughs> Fuck me sideways. Crazy. They are sold by Ariana Huffington's company, Thrive Global. Goddamn. I love to thrive. And oh, fuck, which also <laughs> used to employ Jay Shetty. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. Oh, this, this wellness thing, like, we could file a fucking Rico case on it. Like, like this is like a Tony Soprano-level grift. Um, because Ariana Huffington is on the board of directors of Uber, famously woke company that does that, like, isn't horrible mm. and has encouraged Uber to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars buying sleep pods and meditation wristbands for their drivers. I, I'm now just really enjoying imagining them being like the Sopranos, like, hey, uh, you want this uh, wellness pod you sleep in? And it's like, uh, no, where, where did you get this? Hey, it fell off a truck. <laughs> Tony Soprano sleeps in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like you could, I, like I could, do the energy pod thing for free like i just get people to sit on me and i like vibrate gently and like sing nice songs into the air and it's like boom yeah, 14k hey, hey, you sit on limp biscuit <laughs> you sit Why on fred so durst and then he whispers <laughs> keep rolling roll, roll, boom roll, energy <laughs> yeah so that's that's what this is essentially is okay. it's a way for ariana huffington mm. to allow uber to think that it's a friendly employer mm. um by offering people sleep pods instead of just paying them but this yeah. is this is also like it's not even i don't think it's necessarily about pay but the whole like sleep pod concept has been something that's mm. kind of been embedded in like corporate myths for a long time so you know when you look at like graduate brochures um which is also another one of my hobbies like looking <laughs> at young people um wait what in like <laughs> <laughs> um so if you look at like, <laughs> <laughs> which one of these will eat my limp he, biscuit? <laughs> he looks, Hussein's hobby is looking at eighteen-year-olds. <laughs> uh oh. I like I like looking at eighteen-year-olds um, and thinking. I like looking at all their stats from rowing as well. And, and, <laughs> and measuring their skulls um, and checking their racial compositions while they're on the tube. Um, no, if you look at like graduate brochures, like. And even when you go for like corporate open days and stuff, if you're like applying for jobs, one of the things they'll kind of say is that we have lots of these like lifestyle things that are embedded into kind of the corporate workplace. And one of those really notorious things are like sleeping pods, right? Um, and I, you know, there's countless numbers of like, eight, you know, 18 year olds who are really fascinated by the idea that they get to sleep in this like luxury little pod inside mm -hmm. their office. Um, and I've heard like some of them kind of, you know, say whenever you go to um, kind of graduate events or whatever that you know oh it's really cool that like I, I don't even have to leave my office and like i don't have to go home and like i can shower here and i can exercise here and they feed me and stuff like that it's kind of fed it's kind of like woven into this mythology that like not only are workplaces supposed like workplaces supposed to offer you this kind of stuff but it's inherently a good thing that like the separation between home and workspace mm. is like paper thin yeah. right the only place that you come to the only place the only reason you have a home to begin with in london is so that you can master 
masturbate um, and like swipe on Tinder while you don't pee. Well, mm. that's actually leads into the other product that I had. And then after nice. this product, we're going to get into some um, we're going to get into an article about this leading it to the mental health stuff. Nice. From Descent Magazine, very we, good publication. We didn't, we, we didn't invite you here for a reason. Yeah. It wasn't just to talk it wasn't, about semen. It, it wasn't just to, like, you know, dunk on Jay Shetty and Ariana Huffington. Although that's a big part of it. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. I love this it. Is the other product that's, that's, that's the Lord's work. <laughs> this is the other product sold by Ariana Huffington. Oh, God. The phone bed. The phone bed. Phone it's bed. a phone bed. Ooh. A phone bed. It's the phone bed. Okay. Can we guess like right. what the phone bed is? Or is it like pretty self? Is, is it pretty like self? Can you guess? <sighs> well, obviously it's a phone and a bed. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm like trying to be funny about it. I'm just I just think it's a phone embedded in the bed. But is it like a phone bed in the same way that like a Nokia thirty two ten is a phone? That would be a are, good bed though. You guys are thinking about this the wrong is way it around. A flip phone that flips out into a bed. Still thinking about it the wrong way around. Cool. Yeah. Um. That'd be sweet, though. Is it a bed that pulls out into a phone? Uh, no, you when guys are guests around and they're forgotten. It's like one of those Muji T-shirts. It's really small, right? But actually, it's nice. a bed. No, you guys are thinking about this you the wrong way. Sponty. That'd be cool. Okay, this is what it is. I'm going to put link this picture. <gasps> a bed for your phone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? My you, phone doesn't need a fucking bed? <laughs> I love the idea that iPhone sixes will be like like will have more places to sleep than like homeless people. Yeah. The, the phone <laughs> inc- incredibly normal economy. What? The phone bed charging station makes putting our smartphones to bed a regular part of our nightly ritual. First we tuck our phones in and then ourselves. <sighs> By giving our phones their own bed outside our bedroom, we could say goodnight to our day and then get the sleep we need to wake up fully recharged at four in the morning so we can run 56 kilometers, not Mm -hmm. pee, and then either be like a precarious gig economy worker or Steve Jobs, same thing, wake up early. Um, Jay Shetty is not going to like this. And to show our children how to have a healthy relationship with technology, there's room in the bed for the whole family's devices. It's constructed of solid wood with velvet lined compartments and satin linens. The fuck is wrong with these people? <laughs> I, like, literally, how much of a smooth-brained idiot do you have to be to come up with this device? It's just a fucking box that you can put a phone in. Like, phones come in boxes. That technology already exists and is free with a phone. You put you put the blanket on it. You give it a little cup of Ovaltine. You read it a story. Stroke it. It's basically like a replacement child. It's a replacement. It's, yeah. it's a replacement child because no one can fucking afford children anymore because they're too busy sleeping in their sleeping pods and not actually sleeping well, while they're supposed to be sleeping. Well, because now smuggling them across the border is so expensive. They're <laughs> <laughs> gonna make us like breastfeed our phones. I mean, it's a Black Mirror episode waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, just know it. Yeah, that's the thing. What if there was um, a bed for your phone? <laughs> <laughs> Mirror. And what if what if the phone was actually your girlfriend and your girlfriend was cheating on you? But there's the, don't forget tribute porn. People do jack it onto their phones. Really, a limp phone. <laughs> no, that's a, okay, it's, it's an called, episode called, of Black Mirror where a guy jacks it onto his phone and only then finds out that his phone was his mum all along. Uh, no, no, come on, Milo, Milo, his stepmom, his stepmom. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that is a, no, that's just a legit porn genre. Yeah, like, I love it My how like in incest porn, even though none of them are related anyway, they still bother to make it like 
set like stepmom rather than just mom like so because it's like to, to help people get past the idea of imagining that it's actually the person's mom even though they know that no one in this video okay, is related the porn industry all. has needed good storytellers for a long time I'll see. and i'm yeah. glad that like new there are new companies who are investing more into story like good storytelling mm, when it comes to jacking important. off well, before we before we go on to talk more about mm. mental health um i've i wanted to say one thing this is something i wanted to get off my chest for a while oh. Which is that... The semen on your chest. <laughs> which is, well, no, I'm kind of... Like, is he going to acknowledge the semen on his chest? I'm kind of going, kinda going, going somewhere <laughs> from here. Which is... I bet you are. That I... Okay, one of my most recent, like, uh, uh, pornographic uh, movies, the movies, as I call it, that, nice. I, that I sort of watched... Um, is it Boss was, Baby? Well, it was, it was a movie where uh, Elsa Jean um, <laughs> has to bang her stepmother, Phoenix Marie... <laughs> Yeah. But also her stepfather. <laughs> she has two step parents. What? Did no one think of this in the in the script segment? Did no one ever look at this and be like, "Hang on a second. So she's just adopted. <laughs> Hang on a second. Why does she have two step parents? Maybe she banged her real parents to death. <laughs> they are gone. Anyway, back to our serious political podcast. <laughs> to get a little serious for like 2 seconds before we get back into the cum stuff. Nice. Um <laughs> Uh, Descent Magazine published this really excellent article by Laura Marsh um, called The Coping Economy. And I think all of this stuff we're talking about, the sleeping pods, the meditation, wristbands, mm -hmm. the mindfulness, the, that shit, in the, cor in the corporate workplace, Nusain touched on this, is basically around sort of trying to, I think, internalize internalize alienation mm. and to make the solution to alienation something employees have to take on themselves mm. and they shouldn't have to band together to do. So the article says, uh, many Americans are now learning to meditate at the office. From Aetna, a health insurer, to General Mills to Google, corporate America has bought into mindfulness in a big way, rolling out employee training programs across its campuses and promoting mindful leaders to top positions. These efforts gained momentum after the crash of 2008, which coincided with the most precipitous decline in fortunes Americans have seen since the Great Depression, a period of layoffs, outsourcing, and the casualization of labor. That essentially, what happened is, despite all of the bailouts, despite the massive sort of injections of cheap fake credit into the zombie economies of the US and the UK, we are still seeing massive bonus payouts at the top, sort of gloating over sort of rising share prices, but this sort of relentless hammering of the actual lived experience of workers, whether in white-collar positions, blue-collar positions, either as casualized, precar like, precariated, as a word I don't think exists, but to, to be made precarious, um, and, and sort of forced single people, forced into doing the jobs of four people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, t t in order to do it, they've essentially given us ways to trick ourselves into not being suicidal. Oh, okay. As, some, <laughs> as someone who is a white-collared... Worker, typical. Um, yeah. In which I mean, it's various money uh, pattern. What, white, uh, white coke, white collar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to make that joke. I don't actually have a point other than like, yeah, it's it's true. Um, I think it sort of it, it does like feed into the whole like Jay Shetty video and just the phenomenon that's come out of it, which is the idea that like we look for meaning in different types of like lifestyles or objects to kind of often to detract ourselves from this reality. And I think, you know, we've, we've, we've talked on this show about how, you know, 
parts of that are sort of like responses to kind of manage our mental health right mm. the idea that if you kind of fixate too much on kind of the reality that you're in a broken system and like the basic monikers of like growing up in adulthood are like completely inaccessible like you've got to find ways to manage yourself because you've got to find ways to survive right so you end up finding survival in these like stupid lifestyles where mm. it's like oh if i wake up really early and i go for a 10k run every morning yeah. then i'm in control of my body and if i only eat like certain types of food and like i drink raw water from an enema then i'm in control of control of my own body right um you know we joke about that but it is it is like a very like true reality and like yeah go. I, that's, that's quite Ma- maggie as an actual mental health person i, I kind of want to know what smart person yeah. the actual smart yeah person you're, you're the smart person on the show uh what what mm-hmm. wait, me what what is your what is your essentially your opinion on this kind of thing yeah, it's bullshit. It's like it used to just be the diet industry was telling us all we were fat and like, you must take this pill and you'll be super thin. And that pill ended up being speed. And so, Party! The only good thing medical science has ever done. <laughs> and so now that's transformed into this wellness thing in general. But all these wellness products and tips are all coming from super privileged people, mostly white people. And it's bullshit and it completely turns the shame in on yourself. And you feel like because you can't, you know, eat this like crazy thing that they're prescribing or wake up and go on a crazy run, you're failing and you're not. You're you're just being tricked. And I feel that's that's not even just at work. Like, I feel like the modern world is so intensely miserable that basically all all amusements have now become like sort of in, infantilized wank. Like people I know who are like relatively intelligent My people for, who, was I, who I was at uni with were like, go out a weekend. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to like an adult ball pit where you can drink beer in Dalston or like, oh, yeah, we're going to like a, a sort of funky bingo night. Or I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? shit like no one no one does real things anymore people just go maybe i'm maybe i'm like an old man now i do have no i do one have does the old neck of an old man anymore. today um no one plays a traditional game of limp biscuit <laughs> <laughs> yeah what happens is you know you you play you play five days of cricket and then the losing team have to play limp biscuit amongst themselves <laughs> I have one more uh, extract from Descent that I want to read that I think is quite sort of sort of hammers this point home, um, which is it, it, the article continues uh, in the workplace. Meditation and calmness initiatives can perpetuate intolerable conditions by creating a culture of acceptance, encouraged to see their general well-being as separate from their economic well-being. Mindful employees concentrate their efforts on cultivating the first, not the second. This can keep them from noticing how intimately the two are in fact linked, how abundantly job anxiety spills into the rest of life. If happiness lies within, then the lack of happiness is a purely personal matter and work can't possibly be the problem. It's a lot of words. Yeah. It's It's a lot of words. It's a lot of words. Personally, I'm just grateful that Riley has bought me an energy pod to make sure that I'm always in great form for the podcast. Like corporate mindfulness, uh, wellness, and the sort of, if you like, the sort of the liberal, the liberal discourse of mental health is essentially a sleight of hand that you must never sort of ask where your problems might be coming from. Mm. You shouldn't think of your, you shouldn't think of yourself as ill. Mm. You shouldn't go to a doctor. Mm. You shouldn't uh, question the system. You shouldn't question your relationship to work. You shouldn't, you shouldn't take control over your own life. What you should do is learn how to bend like a willow and just accept all of these things as facts of nature. Mm. But in a lot of ways, like if you think about it, like I, it, it, we often kind of characterize 
that is like like particularly deliberately sinister on the show and i was thinking about this the other day while i was not peeing uh, <laughs> all great which, ideas happen all great ideas happen when you don't pee all great ideas happen on a toilet that you sit on and then look down on and then do not fill and the water is pure and clean as the driven snow well well i guess while your trousers around your ankles and your shirt is rolled up above your nipples but in a lot of ways like a lot of this is just a reaction to things that most people feel that they can't control right so because when you mention like when you question the system that you're in when you question like the economic conditions that you're in especially if you're like not working when you're working like service-based roles or like gig economy based roles like your priority is survival right Mm. and to me it feels like all the wellness stuff and all the people i know who've kind of adopted some of the wellness things are doing it because you know, yeah, they know that the system is shit. They know that like the basic things that their parents got in terms of like properties and marriages and kids and stuff, they can't attain. But when you feel powerless and when you feel powerless and like a system that you know is shit, but you can't necessarily take down again, you've got to find ways to essentially like survive in that. And some of that is really infantilizing, like, you know, ball pits. And I'm just trying to think of like, another, uh, like glitter rumpus parties. Yeah. yeah why, Morning I mean, raves. I mean, uh, I mean oh, secret cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like mm. the things that, you know, we, like, we experience like experience economy stuff, like, yeah. you know, escape rooms, escape rooms yeah. are a really interesting example. Angus because, Harrison, come on trash future. Yeah. Please come on trash future Angus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> please respond to my DM. Um, yeah. But escape rooms are a really interesting example of that. Right. Because for a short period of time, you are in an actual dystopia, right? Mm. Things are coming at you. They're coming to get you, but you know that like at the end of it, you can like stay still in an escape room and mm. they will kick you out right? You're going to get out of it in one way or another. But the whole point is that when you're in there, like you have the control to get out of it. There's a system, there's a way to get out. In this particular dystopia that we talk about, i.e. the economy. Mm. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Discord. (laughs) Sips Merlot. Yeah, like, you know, the same sort of of instincts are there. You still want to get out of it. You still want to survive. No one, I don't think there's like the majority of people beyond like mick our you know our, our guest and only fan mick right um and a few like hardline socialists like actually believe they can take the system down most people just want to survive in that and i think wellness really profits off that vulnerability mm. i've spoken for too long i'm sorry um i'm not the guest on the show aren't up to the task <laughs> <laughs> yeah all of this stuff is also like just putting a plaster on like a gaping wound like when you have proper mental health issues you can do yoga as much as you fucking want but you're still gonna feel suicidal and it's kind of this stuff is kind of like breezing through that shit like no one wants to acknowledge like serious mental health conditions and it's all like have some green tea and your depression will subside and it's like that's really not gonna happen it's just not gonna happen i fucking wish Oh no, the problem is you were drinking black tea. Oh, it was the wrong tea. <laughs> All I'm saying is that like the Tetley guy on the on the box of my green tea, one thick bee. <laughs> Yo, all right, we're out of Merlot, so we're going to make the switch to some uh, fucking Muscadet, and we're going to be back in a sec. Um, 
going to be a British citizen very soon. Proud of you. And then I can continue all my terrorist ways. Of course. Um, oh. No, I, I have to do the test. Well, when Brexit happens. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So give me your tips. Um. So, t- <laughs> I, I'm I'm being very I'm being very legit here because I was sitting I was sitting on the bus next to this guy who was taking who was revising for his citizenship test. Yeah. And like, I thought so he was reading he was reading this page about poetry, right? And I was like, oh, he must be like an English like he must be like studying an English degree yeah. or something because they're like reading about like Mary Shelley and like Jane Austen and like all these kind of really technical Stormzy. things and, Stormzy. and all these like very technical things about like old British poems. <laughs> so I asked him like, are you like, are you studying like English at university? And like, no, he's like this guy who's come from, um, he's come from like Mexico and he mm. wants to work in the UK. And I'm just like, you're going to be learning way more about like all the, I, you know, I did an arts degree. I didn't know. I don't know yeah. any of this fucking shit. Yeah. Right. You know, no one knows any of this shit. Um, yeah, I remember there's a question on the UK citizenship test that's like about the Huguenots, and it's like, who the fuck in the UK knows what a Huguenot is? Like, no one. Um, a, 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 the, the Huguenots um, are probably like a subset fan of like the Millwall football team. There, there's some there's some people who came over from France because they really like the films of Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We ready to jump into the second half of the content? Let's go. Uh, Content air horn. You've got to like edit that in. You know, you have the power as producer to edit sounds in and yet you don't. Do it. We have no. More, we talk more about the stuff Riley should edit into the show when the recording comes yeah, out. Do a content horn. Content and all Riley does content. is edit out that talk. <laughs> there's, been like, there's been a couple of shows where like Riley's just like, we're going to put edit point here. Like, and I'm just listening to it on my 10K run in the mornings before I do all my CEO nice. mindset stuff. Or I have to stop and I have to think to myself, for fuck's sake, I can't wait for like automation to come so that we can just automate Riley Quinn out of Drash Future. <laughs> 44% of jobs in the UK are at risk of automation. Some of them are as the organizing force behind Irony Podcast. <laughs> and now I'm going to edit we'll in the just bit. Just give Riley UBI. Now I'm going to edit in the bit from The Simpsons where the machine comes in and takes over the radio station. 20, 25% chance that happens. 25% chance. Guys, guys. Try doing that, the machines. Guys, guys, guys. Do you want to know what happiness? Yes. So happiness and mental health. Do you want to know the secrets to happiness and mental health? Yeah, Always. go on. I got two very wise men that we're going to read of or about Ooh. in the second half Is of the show today. Is one of them Dilbert? Balthazar. No, Dilbert's not wise. He's powerful. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> Scott Adams is a sex hypnotist. <laughs> I actually quite liked Dilbert when I was a kid. I had a book called The Dilbert Principle, which is like him explaining the philosophy. It was, I thought it was quite good. I mean, admittedly, I was like 10. Um, do you guys want to know how Richard Branson is happy? Always. Richard Branson, the Virgin, man, the Virgin King. The, Richard Branson, the Volcel yeah. King, yeah. who has used all of the cum that has built up in his body <laughs> to not only privatize like the like like great swaths of our public transit infrastructure, but yeah. also to literally jizz it all into one bit in the ocean in the Caribbean and build his own but island. But also out to of sheer cum. But also <laughs> to literally sue the NHS for denying him a contract for mm-hmm. social care. The fucking blonde hair dipshit vampire who is the worst person in the entire country who doesn't even pay taxes in the country. You guys want to know how to hear how he's happy? I'm often asked, what is the key to success? Suing the NHS. <laughs> My answer is simple. Happiness. Happiness should be everyone's goal, but I understand that it can seem out of reach. 
with many, for instance, affected by mental health problems that alter their outlook on life. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, literally, Richard... What really alters my outlook on life is not being a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would stop self-harming if I was a billionaire. <laughs> totally. I would like, if I, like, I, as, as someone who also has a history of self-harming, I was like, nice. if I was a billionaire, like every time I wanted to self-harm, I'd be like, wait a minute, I'm just going to buy a gold-plated blowjob and exactly. I'll feel great. <laughs> or self-harm with like an antique guitar. <laughs> I mean, we we joke, but like the only thing that would change if Riley was a billionaire would be that the quality of wine on Trash Future would go up slightly. Richard 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 Branson self harms with a Hattori Hanzo razor. <laughs> okay, no, no. Uh, our 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 favorite uh, uh, blonde bearded. I wish he was a tornado victim, but he wasn't. Uh, writes, dear stranger, you don't know me. Because I'm a billionaire and inaccessible. But I own you. But I... He- Wait, did he write this on Craigslist? <laughs> Dear stranger, M for M, no strings attached, 420 friendly. <laughs> yeah. Dear stranger, you don't know me, but I hear you are going through a tough time, and I would like to help you uh, by suing the NHS. Yeah. Um, I want to be open and honest with you and let you know that happiness isn't something just afforded a special few. It can be yours if you take the time to let it grow. Yeah. It's like a Tamagotchi. Yeah, or when you're in the mental health ward and you're like, wait, I have a bit of time now. I'm going to grow <laughs> some happiness. I have a lot of time because I go up at 3.45 in the morning and to watch to watch Jay Shetty videos. Also, all that time you're saying saves by not peeing. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of time. Yeah. Do you know how long it takes to put your yeah, pants around your ankles and pull your shirt up <laughs> above your nipples? Uh, I know, Branson continues, I'm fortunate to live an extraordinary life and that most people would assume my business success and the wealth that comes with it have bought me happiness. Yes, dickhead. But they haven't. In fact, it's the reverse. I'm successful, wealthy, and connected because I am happy. (laughs) Richard Richard Branson's CEO mindset, never sleep, privatize everything, and then you can finally be happy. I I mean, that's how he's so connected, right? Because he's just trying to own everyone. Literally. Mm. Yeah, not like, yeah, not, not like us where we like lay down, we lay smack downs. Like owning. Yeah, the type of, the <laughs> only type Guys, of we, do, we do respect. Ever, do you ever think in the quiet moments between not peeing or in the quiet moments between, you know, one Jay Shetty video ending and another one beginning, um, like what if like, Jay Shetty and Richard Branson are actually right. What? What if it's? What if it's we who are, who are deluded? You know, maybe all we need to do is just you know be positive and get up at four a.m. and then everything would be fine. And if everyone really did do this, we'd all be like kale drinking CEO. You know, immortal like no jizz. You know, superheroes. I'm gonna cut in the bit where they announced the Immortan Joe from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> Witness me, cries, cries Richard Branson as he sues the NHS again. Richard Branson is like a version of the Immortan Joe, but who's a total pussy. (laughs) Um, Richard Branson continues, if you allow yourself to be in the moment suing the NHS and appreciate the moment suing the NHS, happiness will follow from suing the NHS. I speak from experience of suing the NHS. (laughs) We've built a business empire by suing the fucking NHS. I mean... 
Did he really write that? Right. I, I'm editorializing. <laughs> Join conversations about the- Because that, that would be very on the nose for his style. We built a business empire, joined conversations about the future of our planet, attended many memorable parties, President's Club, mm. and met many unforgettable people. And while these things have brought me great joy, what, having a fucking business empire, it's the moments that I stopped just to be rather than do- I love that to ha- just be. That have given me true happiness- why? Because allowing yourself to just to be puts things in perspective. Try it. Be still. Be present on the third bus to your fourth job. I love to just be while standing in some obscure bus stop in Hackney, uh, where, you know, famed no-go zone Hackney. <laughs> you know, waiting for another shitty bus that's 15 minutes late. I just look at the stars and I think to myself, I look, I look past the new builds, the, new, the empty new build flats, staring at the stars and the moon and I think to myself, God, it'd be really strange if the moon actually existed. <laughs> anyway, that's... That, Guys, that's, we've been over this. The moon has to exist, or there would be nowhere for the lizards to have their base. Anyway, that's how I'm now a billionaire CEO. Um, thanks I love to just be when I'm chowing down on my fifth limb biscuit and I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, love my life. <laughs> if you want to get swole, there's a lot of protein in a limp biscuit. <laughs> Branson yeah. continues. Oh, oh, God, does he continue? Oh, I'm, I'm afraid he does. Once he, no, once Branson discontinues, I'm going to have a <sighs> fucking party. <laughs> Don't waste your human talents by stressing about nominal things or that which you cannot change. If you take the time simply to be and appreciate the fruits of life, your stresses will begin to dissolve and you will be happier. Anyone want to point out why that's mendacious claptrap? He's also never someone who's been like sectioned or like had any serious shit happen to him because it's so easy for him. It's so easy. It's because for him, just be the sort of like an even state of just existence mm. is basically happiness because he's one of the richest people in the exactly. world who never has to fucking worry about anything. No, he'll just get a model on a jet ski and then he's like, "Ooh, sweet." That sounds pretty I'm sweet. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? That's just it. It's like, no, happiness is within you. It's like, fuck you, bitch. Happiness is a jet ski. <laughs> Literally, fuck off. <laughs> I want a jet ski. I want, like, yeah, I want a fucking jet ski. Fuck you, Richard Branson. <laughs> As Richard Branson sits there on a jet ski getting his dick sucked by a model, he's like, why are all these people who, you know, aren't getting their dick sucked by a model on a jet ski so unhappy? It must be that they're not living in the moment. I'd better help them live in the moment by suing the fucking NHS. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because then you really have to live in the moment because you could die at any time. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, Br- no, Richard Branson is to the UK like Jigsaw is to his victims. He's like, yeah. I'm going to make you appreciate your life. Yeah. And Jigsaw was just like an early Jay Shetty alias. <laughs> <laughs> Let the games begin. <laughs> I mean, that's what like, that's what Richard Branson kind of, that's his whole brand, right? Like he's yeah. a, he's a ghoulish billionaire. But he's one who's kind of a little bit more like media savvy than the other ghoulish billionaires in the UK. Mm. So like he can do like stupid sort of real virtue signaling things like, oh, we're going to like ban the Daily Mail. For, we're going we're gonna to not sell the Daily Mail on our trains, um, which kind of got all the right wing chards being like, oh, social justice mm. warrior Richard Branson, famed social justice warrior Richard Branson. 
it's it, it's just very ghoulish how like he's been able to sort of get get away with this because he's just been very good at the personal branding end. Mm. Um, but then to be honest, that he's in the same realm as like you know the Ariana Huffingtons, uh, obviously the Jay Shetties. I guess there's a few other like CEOs who are sort of mm. like that. I'm not allowed to mention one on the show because of an NDA that I signed. Uh, anyway, I have an I have an interesting unrelated thing to say about Jonah Peretti. But do you guys hear that Jonah Peretti, when he goes to pee, he puts his his pants all the way down to his ankles. I knew it. And, and pulls his shirt above his eyes. <laughs> no, I'm. I, I think he like just takes it to the knees. Yeah, he just he does. He Jonah Peretti is not brave Take enough it to, to the go knees, all the way to the my ankles. Ass. <laughs> Um, also yeah. imagine being manic with Richard Branson's money it's like when I have mania it's like oh I ordered like 10 books on Amazon because I'm foreign and I can't go into overdraft like if I was Richard Branson I'd be like oh I just bought Africa whoops <laughs> whoopsies if I, if I was Richard Branson and I went manic I'd be like oh no I just bought an entire company of mercenaries and tried to take over <laughs> Equatorial Guinea with Tim Spicer whoops it's what happens look what I did uh, the Equatorial <laughs> Guinea coup is still my favorite favorite thing that has ever happened history should have ended at that point like the point where like margaret thatcher had to intervene to get fucking mark thatcher released from a central african jail (laughs) (laughs) why didn't he just make shirts (laughs) i know well the thing about the thing about virgin is a lot of people think that you know that that's a weird name for a company because it's named after how richard branson doesn't fuck for strength but actually, the name Virgin refers to the islands where he keeps all of his tax-free income. <laughs> so it's a normal and fine name. I mean, if I, if I had Richard Banton's money, I would buy the Virgin Islands and turn them in, turn it into the Volsell Kingdom. All <laughs> <laughs> the energy pods you could buy. Yeah. We pay our fucking taxes, and everyone has energy pods. And then yeah. you can take over Equatorial Guinea. Yeah. Because we're building them for strength, then we're actually building a mercenary army, and then we're going to take over Equatorial New Guinea. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, can, you can be incel there too, but it's like very sectarian. It's a bit like Sunni and Shia, you know. There's and like do you know a, how we achieved that? We achieved it by waking up at three in the morning <laughs> when most of the money comes through. <laughs> do you guys want to switch from a uh, a kind of liberal self help tax avoiding dipshit to the confluence of the two most odious people on the right? Yes, please. Because, and I'm going to prepare the, prepare the conceptual air horns, mm-hmm. David Brooks, the, the famous taker tour of someone with just a high school degree to a terrifying Italian sandwich place. <laughs> Ooh, so prasada. Spooky. <laughs> the spookiest meat. David Brooks has written a hand-wringing, soul-searching column on Jordan Peterson, the dark Kermit. We can just we can we we can just like release that as the podcast title, and then in our mentions we'll just have all these like guys wearing fedoras and like beards that Brendan don't, O'Neill beards that don't connect to their faces, being like actually he's really really intelligent and maybe you could learn something from him. Um, uh, yeah, when you were going out on dates, I was studying the Jordan Peterson. While I'm on dates, I read Jordan Peterson. My yeah, date just sits there opposite. Yeah. She, she listens. She listens to the wisdom. <laughs> no, um. So I don't. Know, most of our listeners, I think, will know who Jordan Peterson is. Um, if you don't, the brief introduction is that essentially he is the uh, respectable uh, Muppet-voiced mm. um, philosopher of the 
alt-light. He's not a white nationalist, but he does kind of believe that more or less women should be in the kitchen and that James Damore was fired for truth. Yeah. I mean, I know that there'll be some people who will listen to that and they will inevitably say, oh, you were wrong, actually. Like, he represents just, like, men who just don't like feminism. Um, no, he, he, he's, he represents actually... <laughs> I, I represent actually uh, the people who believe in equality between the genders. Um, I'm afraid to say the word sex in case my mother spanks me with a ruler. <laughs> Which I actually enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> my no, stepmother Peter- and stepfather spit roast me. <laughs> Jordan Jordan Peterson. Oh God! How long is it, how, lo- how long is it going to take before like Jordan Peterson spoof porn shows up? Mm. How long is it going to take for Jordan Peterson oh like 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 real talk? Like like I wonder like because like David Brooks was famous for like diddling a research assistant, and then marrying her and making her change her first and last name. What? Consensual diddling. Does he not understand how marriage works? <laughs> no. Um. Uh, no. He, he he he. Jordan like David Brooks is like famously kind of a perv. Uh, okay. Jordan Peterson, I don't either. He's like completely smooth down there, like a Kendall, which, or, um, or like a Kermit. Uh, but so Jordan, basically Jordan Peterson's book, Twelve Rules for Life, is about how to be a like masculine warrior who um, mm-hmm. can debate the SJ Dubs on logic mm-hmm. and rationality. Yeah, he has he has rational mindset, mm. and uh, he knows that your ad hominem attacks tell him more about you than anyone about him. <laughs> um, and what I think is really incredible is that like David Brooks, like genocidal architect of the Iraq War mm. and, and and booster of same, uh, essentially puts a piece in the New York, New York Times where he wrestles with the difficult truths that Jordan Peterson is talking about in his book about how you don't cap, how you can't jack off. Mm. Fair enough. I agree. <laughs> so he says, Hard truths. My, uh, <laughs> tru- if your truth, if your truth is hard for more than four hours, contact a physician. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, I, I, I I feel like Milo's going to write a book in a similar vein and he's going to call it Hard Truths. And he'll do it and he'll do it for a joke. He'll think it's really funny, but then somehow he'll end up getting like a weird yes. cult status. And then yes. he too will be on Channel 4 having to talk to Kathy Newman about why he doesn't wank. Is this the same thing? This isn't the guy who like made up that he had a working class friend who didn't. Yes. <laughs> is this the guy? Oh my God. This is the, no, it's like, it, no, it's like Richard Branson is, jigs, is the jigsaw <laughs> of UK public services. David Brooks is the jigsaw of local Italian restaurants. Wait, <laughs> Did, did David Brooks and Brendan O'Neill pretend to be each other's working class people that they definitely met? <laughs> uh, my friend Tyler Cowan argues that Jordan Peterson is the most influ- intel- influential public intellectual in the Western world right now, and he has a point. For much of Western history, Peterson argues, Christianity has restrained the human tendency toward barbarism. And this is where he gets his like rules for being like alive. No, God fucking hasn't. Also, what like? I like no, just 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 you know the Crusades and like burning witches at the stake, and also like the scramble for Africa. Don't forget that uh, the Mau Mau that was restrained by if they had just bought, if they had just bought Africa with Bitcoin. It would have been yeah. fine. <laughs> Africa coin. A uh, colonial coin. That would be great. <laughs> so for most of Western history, he argues, Christianity restrained the human tendency toward barbarism. Unless you're not white. Mm. 
But God died in the 19th century, and Christian dogma and discipline died with him. Good. That gave us the age of ideology, the age of fascism and communism, and with it, Auschwitz, Dachau, and the Gulag. So once again, uh, David Brooks bringing out the horseshoe theory here. Again, to protect a professor. And now the university safe space. Yeah, to protect a professor who, like, in, in one of Jordan Peterson became famous for intentionally misgendering trans students. What a brave stance Jordan Peterson is taking, misgendering trans students. Because, like, that's the thing is, like, we forget, but, like, trans, like, trans people control uh, the media, most big corporations, like, you know, when we picture, like, a, a normal person, like, an average person, we picture a trans person. You know, like, it's they have all the power. And Jordan Peterson is bravely standing up against them, trying to bring back Christianity, this much maligned religion that kept us from doing anything bad in the 19th century. But to be fair to him, he is non-gender binary because his gender is lizard. <laughs> so his gender is Muppet. Get it right. He's one of the moon oh, people that we hear so much about. One of the Kermit moon Muppets. Is, is Kermit a lizard or a Muppet? That's the kind of philosophical question it takes a mind like Jordan Peterson's to answer. <laughs> does, does Kermit's gender change depending on what gender the person with the hand up Kermit is? Ooh. Ooh. Jordan Peterson, come on Trash Future. Tell us if Kermit's Hello. gender changes. <laughs> is Kermit trans? How much he call you question. daddy changes? <laughs> Alice Avizandum, follow me. I'm a good account. We've, we've mentioned her three times on the show, like in two episodes, we're kind of very much bordering on harassment right now. Um, as, as David Brooks uh, tries to kind of, uh, he may, he could, you could say, reconcile the sort of Kermit radicalism of Jordan Peterson, um, he continues, uh, since most conflict is over values, we've decided to not have any values. We'll celebrate relativism and tolerance. Yeah, that's how it works. We deny the true nature of humanity and naively pretend everyone is nice. The upside is we haven't blown ourselves up. The downside is we live in a world of normlessness, meaningless, and chaos. Not norms! He's just annoyed that he can't listen to Limp Biscuit anymore. Exactly. <laughs> it's too normy. Back in my day, in the mid-2000s, everyone got to listen to Limp Bizkit and wear three-quarter lengths and play Limp Bizkit in peace. So I'm, I'm actually... But now the trans people have shown up. I, I didn't actually see this before when I first read this article, but I have now. Can you let me get through the whole quote and then, like, like do, like, a back-of-the-throat scream like Donald Sutherland in Invasion of the Body Snatchers? <laughs> Chaos, Peterson writes, and this is a Peterson quote now, is the impenetrable darkness of a cave and the accident by the side of the road. It's the mother grizzly, all compassion to her cubs, who marks you as a potential predator and tears you to pieces. Chaos, the eternal feminine, is also the crushing force of sexual selection. Women are choosy maters. Most men do not meet human female standards. Oh my god! I love to meet human female standards. <laughs> oh, he's really, he's really projecting a lot there, isn't he? <laughs> I am definitely not a choosy mater. <laughs> I haven't made anything. <laughs> Hi, Maggie. I don't believe we've met, but... Uh... <laughs> hey. Yeah, I live in like... a bowl. If that's of interest <laughs> to you. Yeah, that's Jordan Peterson's main point. Life is suffering and women won't fuck you. So become all right because fuck all else matters. Damn. And somehow his message resonates and that's completely fine. Mm. 
Nobody yeah. cared who I was before I put on the fedora. Well, this, I think. <laughs> I mean, the, the generational the generational war is really between um, Dua Lipa's new rules and Jordan Peterson's twelve rules. <laughs> wow. And then with like the liberals clinging on to Bill Maher's new rules. So, but well, I think like if we want to say like what this says to like, it's fun to dunk on Jordan Peterson because he's like a total pussy who like sounds like Kermit and built a long house in his attic. And also looks like a derrily dunker. (laughs) What, what I think this, what this, what this tells me or what this tells me about is that when people are economically dislocated, then, and when people, when people are easily seduced by hatred, Mm. people are easily gotten angry at other people. When and when when the markers of a good life are essentially acquisitive, mm. and when the incentives are for people with more power to hoard the markers of a good life from everybody else, then all of the people who have no investment in society would have no desire to see it continue are just going to mm. lash out. They're going to think of like they're going to uh, imagine a kind of binaries between man and woman that are order and chaos. They're going to want to impose their will because that's ultimately what fascism is. Fascism is an, it is when the logic of capitalism decays the hierarchies that the capitalist society holds precious, fascism comes back to save those hierarchies without ultimately eroding the hierarchies of capitalism. When capitalism Im- immiserates white men, fascism surges to the fourth so that women go back into the kitchen and black people learn their place. Which is why the real agenda of the fedora wearers is to oppress the irony podcasters because they're annoyed that we hoard the markers of a good life, i.e. we fuck. (laughs) No, not all of us do. Please don't generalize. I'm sorry. No, but the point is to say you could fuck. Like, you you meet the standards of women, you just don't fuck. And I I, want to kind of get through a little bit Actually, and this uh, this might be a bit long, but the um, the end of the article because I think this shows why David Brooks, especially who is this moderate Republican that seems to be the main constituency of the Democratic Party in the United States, why yeah. they will never be able to get him. David Brooks concludes his article about Jordan Peterson that Peterson personifies the strong, courageous values he champions. His most recent viral vid with over 4 million views is an interview he did with Kathy Newman of Britain's Channel 4 News. Newman sensed that there was something disruptive to the progressive orthodoxy. Sorry, I didn't know that, like, being okay with, like, like, I didn't know that misgendering was actually radical. I sense a disturbance in the liberal orthodoxy. Um, Sorry, disruptive to the progressive orthodoxy in Peterson's worldview, but she couldn't quite put her finger on it. So as Connor Friedersdork noted in The Atlantic, I, I switched an F to a K, um, she did what a lot of people do in argument these days. Instead of actually listening to Peterson, she just distorted, simplified, and restated his views in order to make them appear offensive and cartoonish. Sorry, you say that the eternal so she just feminine is chaos. <laughs> yeah, she just repeated them back to him and said, you are a racist, you are a sexist, yeah. you are a transphobe. He's like, um, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, that's insulting to my intelligence. It's an ad hominem attack and I will not listen to you. Mm. Sorry guys, I'm getting hot. <laughs> Take off your jacket. <laughs> Man's not hot. <laughs> no, 20 days, no, we, we left that in 2017. We now only do like we only we now only do obscure Chinese memes. Um, the latest, which has been mm. um, there's this new Chinese meme that's out, uh, which is oh, can you remember what it is? It's kind of 
Okay, Cassie Cho from BuzzFeed mentioned it. So like, at she's her, great. She is good. She is. She is. She is. She is good. And like, too pure to be on the show, in my yeah. opinion. She uh, <laughs> would be way too pure to be on this show. Of, I'm, um, I'm way too hot about Jordan Peterson. I need. I need some <laughs> other reactions that aren't from me, so I don't just keep yelling nice. into the microphone. I mean, I I didn't read the article, but I did see some of the kickback, mm. and there was a lot of it, and it was kind of. So I kind of said this before that to because every time you tweet about this post in any way that isn't kind of supportive of Jordan Peterson, mm. um, you'll get like a horde of like guys in fedoras and beards that don't yeah. connect in your mentions being like, oh, maybe you're just like not intellectual enough to yeah, get it. Right. Um, which really sucks when like, because I saw there was like this one woman who was like doing her PhD in like behavioral psychology. Mm. And he's got a bunch of like these dork, like overwatch dorks, like saying that <laughs> she does, he's like not smart enough to understand right. or like deliberately misrepresenting. And that's the thing. Like, it seems like a lot of his fans kind of will stand for him so much mm. that they won't really like, they won't necessarily interrogate no, everything that he said because yeah. the book itself is a really simplistic, mm. I, you know, I read the book and most, most of this is like really dumb stuff. Like one of the things that he says is get your house in order before you go and talk about the world. Basically meaning get married, have kids, get a mortgage, um, send your kids to school, wait for them to grow up, mm. wait for them to buy their house and everything. And then maybe you can then talk about, you know, the system or like, mm. you know, wider politics and stuff. So that's never going to happen for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, so he's, and that's the thing, like it was really absurd because he's talking to this. It's a trap. <laughs> He's, talk, he's talking to like this generation of young men who like mm. not only are not going to get it, but mm. they're completely aware of that. They're exact. They're in the same like situation as the rest of us. Yeah. The difference is like the choices that you make in terms of interpreting that. So you've got some people who kind of say, actually, yeah, maybe the system's really shit and we should really be interrogating this kind of new encouragement of bullshit jobs and like paying free courses of our salary and rent um you know just to survive and then you've got this group of guys who are like okay well we still face the same problems but it's because no girl that goes on a date with me wants to get married and have my kids straight away um you know and those tend to be the types of guys who gravitate towards jordan peterson and then you've got like the david brooks section of people guys who like to pretend they're intellectual because they got liberal arts degrees um and work bullshit jobs these are guys who like work at like uh, well they work at like management consultancies and stuff right mm. they're the ones who kind of read this book and, like, and it they they get they embrace so much of this self-help bullshit already but it sort of just makes sense to them. There's nothing in Jordan Peterson's book that I haven't seen in like like a Jay Shetty video or any of these types of kind of like, here's how you be a real man and prep your food videos, right? He's like, he comes from that tradition and there's nothing in that book that like is really revolutionary. It's just the fact that like he can say that he's a professor and he's got like a few references on like Google. He's up there with Professor Green and the nutty professor. <laughs> <laughs> it lends it lends an intellectual it lends an intellectual like backing to like shitty ideas in a political climate where like the last intellectual to like represent that space was like, I don't know, like fucking Dave Rubin or something. <laughs> right. Anything is the bar is so low that anyone can go above it. I guess I guess what I was interested in was like, so Jordan Peterson's book is effectively like a self-help book, right? Mm. It's it feeds into this weird self-help culture. Like these, I, I've seen like this boost of like new self-help books that are yeah. like largely targeted towards men. Yeah. And this is in a climate when like we're talking, you know, men are supposed to be like more open about their mental yeah. health. There's more resources yeah, for them yeah, yeah. to do that. Um, and it seems like this is like a very sinister kind of, a very mm. cynical like outpost of that. And I sort of wondered what, as someone like who just wrote like a really, really good and very honest book about mental health, like how you kind of think about like the culture that sort of, 
come out of this particular moment? Yeah, it's it's hard because I think uh, like today someone on Twitter called me a misandrous dog. But but a dog is man's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I should have replied to that. Not, not the dogs, our final ally in the struggle against the SJ dogs. <laughs> No, it's like totally true like uh male suicide is super high like we we need to have those conversations but i don't think self-help is the way forward i think people need to share their experiences but no one should be prescribing like their lifestyle to anyone else like mm. i would be really worried if people read my book and they were like we're gonna live exactly like this woman does because <laughs> they would be fucked <laughs> it's just about sharing your experiences of being like I tried this and I really fucked up and this didn't work. And then someone being like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this instead. And that's so much more important than being like, oh, you should wake up at like 3 a.m. and Mm. do this. Because those types of those types of like lifestyle hacks or whatever you want to call them, Mm. they're really just like ways of shielding vulnerability, right? Like this is what I find weird about Mm. this sort of culture that we're in, which in theory says that men should talk more about their mental health. Like in Jordan Peterson's book, he does talk about like mental illness and depression and stuff. Mm. He talks a little bit about kind of, you know, how he was taking antidepressants for Mm. like for a while. So he exposes that sort of vulnerability, but his like solutions to that are still very much Mm. kind of enclose everything you can. And once you kind of get these kind of symbols of being like a proper man, you know, pulling your pulling your socks up, getting your like you know shit together. Mm. Those are the things that you need to kind of overcome, right? Like these very inherent issues, which for a long time men have just not been encouraged to speak about. Yeah. And if you don't, it's because you're not. It's because you are too accepting of other people, because yeah. you're mm. too accepting of yourself, and you're not kind of rigidly morphing yourself into what is essentially a version of an ideal man from the 1950s. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Don Draper. Yeah. Like, for everyone. Famously a happy character. (laughs) (laughs) So happy. Um, Yeah, and and it's also kind of um, being a prejudice against, you know, it's like, yeah, you can have depression, anxiety, but like, what if you have schizophrenia? What if you have borderline personality disorder? What if you Mm. have bipolar? Like, you can't just pull your socks up when Mm. you're hearing voices or telling you to, like, go kill yourself. Mm. Like... Whenever I'm feeling down, I just put a feather in my fedora and go next. <laughs> well, I like, wish I could do that. <laughs> you know, but, but those are things like, you know, all men can wear fedoras. None of your, so no sorry. more of your misandry, Maggie. So sorry. <laughs> you know, for, for Still, look, women came into fedoras <laughs> and they brought all of their female concerns to fedoras. Yeah. And fedoras were my safe space as a man. I'm pissing in my gr- fedora <laughs> right now. Oh, but to be oh, fair, God. while any hey, men you, can wear fedoras, <laughs> women are way better at nagging other women than men are. I can't wait to do that in four days. Um, but like, our, you know, friend of the show, Paul Joseph Watson, he was for a long time, he was going on that like thing where like mental, mental, mental illness doesn't exist. Or like, you know, this idea that like antidepressants are like subscribed, like prescribed too much, which in theory, maybe like, you know, he might have maybe a point, true, but yeah. he like the, he kind of substantiated all this bullshit, which wasn't just like critiques on like big pharma mm. or kind of this culture where we don't, understand mental illness enough Mm. to kind of you know talk about like different sorts of solutions or like varied solutions for him it's just like you know millennials like don't appreciate anything and you know they don't Mm. understand the value of having a wife and kids and therefore they're wondering why they got like all these really bullshit things which then leads us to our next segue um about another mental health book which was published at a very similar time to maggie's now, this is going to be a very short segue because we've been recording for a, a shit long time. <laughs> yeah, also like... Uh, which is, I think, ultimately... 
I think, and, and, and you guys can sort of dissent from this if you want, but I think Johan Hari's position on antidepressants is anti-science and dangerous. Mm. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling possibly yeah. suicidal, go to a doctor. Do not read Johan Hari's mm. opinions. But I, and I don't think anyone in this podcast is enough of a medical professional no. to rebut him necessarily. All I can say is, please don't listen to him. And you can only come at it from like a, a personal experience. And that is like, I'm allegedly on the highest dose of antidepressants. If I go any higher, I will just like explode. <laughs> According <laughs> to my and GP. Famous antidepressant C4. <laughs> yeah. but if, you're, if you're maxed them, out on antidepressants, the only solution is to get up at 5 a.m. Exactly. But without them, I know for a fact that I would not be here anymore. So for me, it's like, well, they do help because mm. I'm a testament to it helping. And so that's why I think like we've talked about this sort of before and during the break and stuff. Mm. We're not really going to give Johan Hari the airtime. No. Just, I mean, we can't say what to do, but all we can say is if you're going to listen to your doctor or Johan Hari, yeah. listen to your doctor. Yeah, exactly. Even if your doctor is Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck it. Green that eggs and diazepam. From before we before we transition out, Maggie, what what is your book? Where can we buy it? Ooh, so my book is called uh, "Remember This When You're Sad," and you can buy it from Amazon.com, the website, normal uh, website, <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, fan of the show and bookshops. So yeah, thank you. And I can say, as someone who I, I Riley pulling back the curtain, struggles with quite non-trivial mental health issues and self-harm and stuff is a very, very good book. And I, I like it's it. It's also illustrated deal. really well by uh, Flo Perry. Yes. I drew the boobs on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which are my boobs, so thank you. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.